What if there was a different way to live and work beyond the hustle and hype, beyond the never ending race to get more, do more, be more, a way that's nourishing, grounded, creative, and aligned with your deepest, truest self. You're listening to Alchemy in Action with me, your host, Amanda Cook. In each episode, we'll explore nature-based personal growth for high-achieving women. Join me to create a life and work that truly fit you, infused with meaning and magic. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Wellpreneur Podcast. This episode is about a super hot topic that is probably the most popular request I get from you guys listening, Facebook ads. I've got Facebook ad expert Claire Pelletro on the show this week, and she gives us so much amazing training. It's almost like a masterclass. So you are definitely going to want to have a notebook handy, and you'll take lots of notes and maybe even want to save this episode to listen again. Facebook ads are one of the most popular ways that wellpreneurs do outreach into their existing customer base, their existing subscribers, and also to find new subscribers and new customers. But it can feel really overwhelming in the beginning to even know where to get started with Facebook ads. And so Claire is going to tell us exactly when we should start with Facebook ads, when it's worth paying to run an ad. Like, should you be paying for page likes or should you be paying for new subscribers or should you be trying to sell stuff through Facebook ads? Claire is going to tell us. She's also going to cover like common mistakes that wellpreneurs make, how to get around and how to make sure that your ads are approved, actually, because there's lots of restrictions around what you can say in your ads. And this especially comes up when you're talking about weight loss and health services, which most wellpreneurs are. And Claire also shares with us a really cool two-step approach to getting new email subscribers through Facebook ads, which is really awesome. So I think you're going to totally love this episode. And I'd love it if you could share it with your wellpreneur friends. When you hear people talking about Facebook ads, like say you're on Facebook in one of these wellpreneur Facebook groups, not our Facebook group, but Like if you're in a health coach group or an acupuncturist group or wherever it is that you hang out online, if people are talking about Facebook ads and asking questions, please share a link to this episode because it's such a good resource of just pure training. I think you're going to love it and it'll really be valuable for a lot of people in the industry. Now, I'm actually recording this intro about two weeks before you're listening to it. And in two days from now, I'm moving to Hong Kong, which is totally crazy, which is why I'm recording this early because I'm just not sure what my setup's going to be. And I should really take a behind the scenes picture because I'm currently hiding under my winter coat with my winter coat over my head and over the microphone to make like a little sound studio because we've packed up everything in our flat and now it's super echoey. So my audio editor would probably kill me. So I'm making a little makeshift sound studio here under my coat. And we'll see how it goes when I get to Hong Kong, what I can find. Maybe I'll have to start putting pillows around the mic again or something like that. So I can't tell you how it is now, but if you follow me on Instagram at Wellpreneur, I'm going to be sharing my entire journey of getting settled into Hong Kong, where I'll be for six to 12 months on this new phase of adventure in life, right? Which is really exciting. So if you're interested in that, definitely follow me on Instagram. And also, you'll definitely want to come over into our Facebook group, which is called the Wellpreneur Wellness Marketing Mastermind. It's completely free. And there are over 600 Wellpreneurs, mainly podcast listeners in there discussing each week's episode, asking and answering questions, providing feedback and support. It's really awesome. And I'd love you to join us over there. So I'll link that up in the show notes as well. 
So now I know you're impatient to get into this little masterclass almost on Facebook ads because it's something that everyone's been asking about. So let's jump into that and I'll see you on the flip side. Hi, Claire. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Amanda. I'm really excited to be here. So I couldn't wait for this interview because I get so many questions from my community about Facebook ads. Everyone's trying to use Facebook ads to promote their business with sometimes some success, but more often than not frustration. And so I've been really looking forward to having you on to just really like lay down some facts and give us some tips for Facebook ads. Yeah, I'm absolutely happy to. I mean, I wish that I could say, you know, the next campaign that your listeners are going to run are going to like knock it out of the park. But the truth is with Facebook ads, it is just a lot of trial and error. And you can just be really surprised at all of a sudden you hit upon something that works that really resonates with the audience that you are targeting. Or maybe it's the audience in particular that you try a new audience and that really works. So I totally understand the frustration. But there are certain things, you know, that that you can try in order to to try to jump past a bit of the learning curve. Okay, well, do you want to just dive in and give us some tips? And then I've got some questions as well. Sure. I mean, there's a lot of focus on list building with Facebook ads. So driving paid traffic over to an opt-in page that's got some kind of free content, webinars, challenges, guides, recipes, what have you. And that's still a big part of what I teach. But right now, I'm, I'm noticing that it can be really helpful to just start with blog posts, for example, or just you know something free, something ungated that you can drive new people to, get them to know you and your work before you ask anything of them. But because you've set up what is called the Facebook pixel, it's a little bit of code that goes on the back end of your site, then later... You can show those same people, people who clicked over to your site, to your blog post, to your podcast episode, what have you, and show them more ads. So they could be more ads to great content, or then it could be like, hey, I've got this Facebook group, or hey, here's this, you know, some free recipes if you're interested. And people tend to respond very well to those. So they're kind of, it's kind of like a two prong campaign, which is getting in front of people first without asking for anything, and then kind of re-engaging those same people. I'm, I'm seeing good results with that. And again, it definitely requires some patience because it's not just like, oh, I send people here and suddenly my list grows crazy fast. But that's especially effective for sort of wellness entrepreneurs, especially if they're having a hard time getting their ads approved. Mm, okay. So you just make sure I've gotten this straight. You're saying because you've got the Facebook tracking pixel on your website, the first ad that you run could be something free like your blog post. And when people click through, they go to your website, which flags them to Facebook that they've been there. And then the second part is you say, run a different ad that's retargeting, uh, retargeting those people that have visited your website and then sending them to something like an opt-in. Was that it? Yep. Exactly. So I have one blog post that I've noticed. It just must be like a really big question people have, which is how much should I spend on my ads? So I just send totally cold traffic people who haven't heard of me before. I make sure to exclude my own website visitors. I exclude people who are on my list from my audience. And I just send new people there. And the click-through rate is very high. People respond well 
to the topic. And then in that blog post, I've definitely got something that they can sign up for if they want. But I'll tell you, like the sign up rate is not the same. It's not like it's converting people to subscribers like crazy the way it's straight up opt-in pages, you know, a plain, here's a free guide landing page. But then I show them more things later. And there sometimes it's the opt-in and sometimes it's, oh, hey, here's a discount on this course or here's a promo that I'm running. Price is going up. And because they've gotten to know me some, they're more likely to maybe even buy from me because it's not just targeting totally cold people with ads for some kind of sale. So you mentioned something before that if you do this two-step approach, then in the second ad, when you're selling something, it might be less likely that it will get rejected. Could you talk about why that would be? Well, it's not actually about the fact that you're retargeting, that it makes it less likely to get rejected. It's the first ad that you run. So I know a lot of people have opt-ins or products that are about losing weight or, you know, like getting healthy, exercising, things like that. And those are the ads that are getting rejected because there are certain trigger words like diet, lose weight. Sometimes I think like body can be one of those trigger words, but I don't have any confirmation on that. But anything that kind of can make people feel bad about themselves and, and it's tough to avoid using that sometimes in marketing because a lot of times the problem that your ideal clients are dealing with is something negative. It is that they feel bad about their health or their image and you can actually help them, right? Like that's why you got into business. But Facebook still doesn't want anyone making anyone feel bad about themselves with your ads. So when you have ads that have trigger words like lose weight or diet, that can cause not only you to get your ads turned down and not run, but it can put a flag on your account. And if it happens too often, and unfortunately, sometimes too often is like once or twice, Facebook will shut your account down and you will not be able to get it back up. And by account, I mean ad account. So you definitely want to be very careful. If you ever get ads disapproved, delete them from your account. You don't want to remind Facebook later on that you've had, you know, trouble getting ads approved. You don't have any way of knowing if you're kind of at risk for getting your account shut down unless you consistently get those messages that are like, you can't use this because of, you know, it breaks our terms because of negative copy. So what one of my clients actually did is this was somebody who was running Facebook ads for somebody else. She put together a opt-in that was first, it was like a blog post and it said, here is a totally free recipe for some amazing chocolate something, right? And so that ad got a ridiculous amount of clicks. People were loving it. They were sharing it. It was just a recipe that people, if they wanted to, they didn't have to take any more action. They could just, you know, copy paste that recipe onto something, their computer and and never come back. But further down on that same page, the client said, hey, if you want this recipe and four others that are also, they might've been gluten-free, I can't quite remember, then, you know, sign up here. And so the opt-in rate was phenomenal. This was a nutritionist you know, who's probably a lot of her work deals with weight loss, but she was able to change that messaging up front 
in order to bring people into her world and use Facebook ads to do it. And then in her email nurture sequence, she introduces her her services, her offerings that might have to do with weight loss that she can't talk about in Facebook ads. Mm, I like that. Thank you for sharing that example. One thing that I've wondered about is how do we know when it's a good use of our money to run an ad? Because I've heard lots of people have different approaches. Like somebody said, you should only be like, you only want to be running, paying to run ads on things that you're going to see a definite return on investment with. So like for an opt-in or for a product that you're going to be able to show, I spent, you know, this much on advertising and I made this much in revenue. But like what you're talking about here is we're actually promoting free content so that we can then retarget people. So I'm just curious. And then there's another thing about like page likes. Should we be running ads to get page likes? So how do you know when it's a good use of your money to run an ad? That's a really good question. I'll sort of tackle the the last part first, which is the page likes. Don't spend your money on page likes. Unless you have an unbelievably engaged Facebook page. You know, there are those some uh, small business owners who you're just like baffled by how many comments and how many likes they get. Well, those people might want to spend a little bit of money every week getting more fans because then it's actually cheaper to run ads to your fans later. But when you run Facebook ads of any kind to free content, to a list builder, to a product, you will get more Facebook likes. It's just one of these lovely side effects. So don't spend your money on the page like campaign. It's almost net. What I'm talking about, you can actually track the ROI as well, sending people to a blog post first. Facebook only has like a 28-day attribution window, which means I can only track if somebody ends up spending money with me on products or services if they saw my ad in the past 28 days. However, I can track in those 28 days of the people who saw my blog post or even just saw my ad, how many ended up on my list, even if I'm not sending them to a list builder, because Facebook can track that so long as you're adding conversion tracking to all of your ads, not just the list building ones. So you can see, at least in terms of signups, and maybe if you have a really short sales funnel, so like somebody signs up for my free guide today and I have a sequence that ends within 28 days that's sort of like an evergreen launch, then you can really see the ROI from that. But I personally feel like it's a good idea to spend money on getting front of new people every month, all the time, right? I mean, it doesn't have to be a crazy big budget. It could be $20 a month and you spend $5 a week just quote unquote boosting. I don't mean the boost post button, by the way, but boosting your blog posts to a new audience or whatever free content you're putting out. If somebody is is tight, you know, has a, a much tighter budget and they can't do 20 bucks a month for that, then yeah, I guess I would I would recommend starting with list building ads. But the problem with list building ads is just because they get on your list, it doesn't mean they're opening up your emails. What I really like to do is always retarget everyone who has been to my site because If they came to my site to sign up for my list, whether or not they're opening up my emails that talk about, you know, whatever promotion or whatever services I have, I can always retarget them on Facebook. It's kind of like a backup. If 30% of the people on my list are opening up my emails about my blog posts or my launch or whatever, 
well, my idea is that I can probably reach at least another 30% of those people with my Facebook ads so that even if they aren't opening my emails, they still know what's going on, what my offerings are. Oh, that's a really cool idea. So you're saying, so say somebody sends out like a weekly newsletter with their latest blog posts, then you could just retarget those people that have visited your website in the past and show it to them, your blog post to make sure that they saw it, right? Even if they didn't open the email. Yep. I do it every week, almost every week, unless I've written something that I just don't, it's like a frequently asked question. And that's why I wrote it, but not because sometimes people just aren't going to click on your blog post. And you know that, you know, that it's not the most engaging headline or whatever. It's a boring topic that had to be written about, you know, sometimes it happens, but more often than not, I'm promoting my blog posts. I'm promoting my podcast episodes, maybe even just to my audience every week. They say, or at least they used to say that the money is in the list. Well, yes, to a degree, but then how do you get to the people who aren't, who simply aren't opening your emails anymore because you're in unroll me or because they signed up for whatever your awesome free content was, but they're just not really interested in, in continuing to open emails because they don't have the time. Well, you get to them, you make sure that they know what you're up to and they know when you're having a launch or some kind of promo using those retargeting Facebook ads. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I have so many questions for you. So I have to think of what is the most important. So I have a question about what else can we promote? So we talked about like running an ad for opt-ins or promoting your content and promoting podcast episodes. What about promoting Facebook groups? I'm so glad you asked about that because that was the next thing I was going to say. I was just working with a client who is gearing up like probably about a month from now for her first launch. And she has decided to open up a group and has been getting a lot of engagement. So we've been running a lot of ads, testing out different audiences to one of her opt-ins. Not everyone is opting in, by the way, but we've decided to retarget the people who have visited her site with ads about her group because she'll be able to reach those people in the group with more promotional materials. Also, you know, help them be really useful for them in the group. And she might get a better, you know, click-through rate and maybe reach people who aren't necessarily opting in for her. The only thing about that is there's no way to track your results. Mm-hmm. There's no way to say, well, this many people came through, joined my Facebook group as a result of this ad. All you can see is the number of clicks that you get. Right. Okay. And because I was running something, I, was, I had this idea, oh, I'll promote my podcast in a Facebook ad. And so I was targeting just people on iOS mobile devices and Mm -hmm. then putting a link directly to iTunes, which if they click it from their phone should open the podcast. So I, I spent a bunch of money running this ad, but actually I can't, I couldn't really see any results. I mean, I, I don't know how to see the results because I can't actually see who subscribed to my podcast. There's no way, unfortunately, with podcast episodes, even if you're driving traffic to your own site, there's no way to know what they did once you got there, if they hit the play button or not, if they subscribe, you can't. That's again, one of these like, all right, I'm going to spend five to 10 bucks just on this podcast episode to get the word out. I mean, Coca-Cola and all these big companies, they have, and even with Facebook ads, eh, they have budgets that are just about branding. It's about brand awareness. So they've got more money that they can spend but they are still spending on like page post engagement, like boosting posts essentially, or getting more likes when there's no ROI that can be tracked from that. Um, So sometimes you do set aside a bit of money every month, especially when you get to a point in your business where you're in good shape and, and you can afford that. 
again, I, I always think it's a good idea, even, even with your podcast. I'll give you a little tip though, Amanda, for podcast promotion. I have found that it is actually cheaper and more effective in terms of just the number of clicks to get to actually use the boost post button mm-hmm. and to target your fans and friends of your fans. This is what I've been seeing recently. It's something I'm playing around with. Forget about the iOS thing because I tried that too. Like just people who are on iPhones and then take them to iTunes. Mm-hmm. The cost per click was astronomically high. Whereas, you know, even just reminding people like, hey, this podcast episode is out, even if they're already subscribed, but staying top of mind, because a lot of my fans don't subscribe to my podcast, but they might one day. So we're talking about like a $5 spend on an episode just for that brand awareness about the podcast. I'm okay with that. Awesome. So what is the point of page likes now? Do you think there's any point in trying to boost our number of people that like our Facebook pages? I feel like it matters. Once you're getting up to like insane numbers in the, the 30, 40, 50,000, because that's when you can actually get some real traffic. Some people will tell you, yes, you should have fans because then targeting your fans is cheaper than targeting new people. So when you have, you know, a webinar or, or you're launching or something, it's just cheaper to show your ads to those people. I'm not worried so much about how many new fans I have. It grows organically. And I do try to get, try to post things that I notice people are engaging with the most so that that bumps up my reach so that the next, next post that I post also has a bigger reach. But it's going to take a long time before I get to 30,000 fans, you know, um, when it's really going to be affecting my traffic numbers. So that's why I spend money on, on Facebook ads because that's what's going to get me reach, not a very, 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 very slow build of my fan numbers. Right. Now you mentioned uh, kind of earlier in the conversation, you said to boost, you referred to boosting some of your content, Mm -hmm. but then you said, I don't mean boosting a post. I mean, running an ad. So could you kind of talk to us about the difference between those things and which we should use? Sure. So when you set up a Facebook ad campaign, you get to choose your objective. And your objective can be clicks to website, website conversions, which is usually like a sign up or a purchase, page post engagement, which just means people like clicking like or share or comment. And when you determine your objective, Facebook shows your ads to different kinds of people. If you pay attention to your own activity on Facebook, you'll notice whether or not you're somebody like I am somebody who clicks on blog posts or on whatever ads or not. And I read over in another tab or on my phone or whatever. So I'm somebody that Facebook is going to show ads to where the objective is clicks to website because that's exactly what I'm doing. I don't like them. I don't really comment on them. That's just not my kind of activity. But there are people on Facebook who just spend all day liking stuff or having conversations in the comments. There are other people who click on stuff and then go and sign up. So those are ideal for website conversions. When you boost a post with the boost post button, you automatically get the page post engagement objective. So they're only showing your ads to people who are likely to click somewhere on the ad, but not necessarily go and read your blog post or whatever, not necessarily sign up. It's it's a different kind of Facebook user that's seeing your ad. So when I say boost a post without using the boost post button, I mean posting it to your page first, the same way you would post anything with some text, with a good image, 
and let it run for half a day or so. I mean, let it get a little bit of engagement if you can. And then using the power editor, turn that post into an ad. Because what that's going to do is it's going to carry over any likes or comments that you already got into your ad. And that it creates just some social proof for the people who are seeing, they're seeing an ad, but they're seeing something that hopefully already has some engagement on it. So like, if you know you're going to boost a post, you might say to your friends, like, hey, could you just click the like button on this or click, you know, add a comment or something? Because I need to turn it into an ad. It's not obligatory. I certainly don't do that for every blog post, but it can help. So that means, again, like starting over on your page, posting to your page as normal, and then turning that particular post into an ad. Right. And then people will see the engagement on it, which hopefully will get better results for the money that you're spending. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like you're really good at putting my very technical, lengthy explanations into good, succinct. That's what uh, I do. um, Translate technology into real people speak. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, cool. So what about, I know we're kind of starting to run out of time, which is amazing. This has gone so fast. Um, What about like, just for somebody that just wants to start running some Facebook ads, or maybe has been quite frustrated because they just really haven't gotten any results. Do you just have some pointers around images and copy and kind of where they should get started to make an effective ad? What I have noticed for sort of the wellpreneurs, you know, wellness entrepreneurs, is that longer copy tends to get better results in terms of more more engagement, more click-throughs. You know, you still have to have a good, let's say we're, let's just say we're talking about list building ads because that's definitely where most people start. So your success is going to depend on a whole lot of things. It's going to depend on how appealing your ad copy and image are. It's going to depend on your audience. Is it an audience that everyone and their mother is currently targeting and that makes it expensive for you? Is it just an audience that happens to not respond to, to what you're offering? So and you know, your offer itself has to be good, your headline on the landing page. There are a lot of factors is what I want to say. So even if you have an ad, it gets a lot of clicks on it because you've maybe figured out some ad copy that resonates. That doesn't necessarily going to mean it's going to translate to signups. And so I can, you know, say longer, almost like blog post type copy, emotional copy. Take a look at one of your best performing blog posts. See what it's about. See if it's a good topic that you can turn into an opt-in, for example. And then put most of the blog post into your ad copy. See if that works. But be ready to learn about reading the results and reading those metrics so you can see if you're getting really expensive signups, there's a reason for that. And you can figure all of that out in the metrics. I wish I could tell you which metrics mean what in 30 seconds, but I certainly can't, unfortunately. Just get ready to know that if something doesn't go well, there are ways to test out other things, but you will have to dedicate some time to learning about it. Okay. I've got a total left field question for you. Cool. So so a lot of my audience is women and is, you know, as holistic wellness practitioners and a lot of the, their clients are women but I do have some wellpreneurs that want to target men and they in particular have had a really hard time on Facebook because like using traditional Facebook type marketing things like Facebook groups, it tends to be a lot of women that are in Facebook groups. And Mm -hmm. so I'm really curious with Facebook ads, have you 
I mean, have you had any experience targeting men with those? And do you have any advice around that? I target men with my ads all the time. And I notice that some, depending on the audience, sometimes they respond better. When you put together an ad, the first thing you can do is set your audience to be men and women, right? And then you just run the ad. And then when you're reading the results, there's this button that's called breakdown. And you can use the breakdown button to choose gender and it'll tell you how your results are performing based on both genders. You know, so is men, are men performing better or are women? Then you might want to actually split up your ads and target only men in some and only women in others, depending on what you saw from that first breakdown report. And, and I think what I'm really taking away from this is that, well, much like all marketing, it's an experiment. And just because you run one ad and you don't get the results you want, that doesn't mean that Facebook ads don't work for you, right? You just need to look at the results you're getting, like the breakdown, and then make some changes and try it again. It's like, it's like a whole detective thing to zero in on what's the right ad strategy. Yeah. And some people do not have the patience for that. And I completely understand, but it kind of just keeps happening where, and this was difficult for me in my business because I would work with people and they wouldn't get good results while we work together. So that reflected very poorly on me, but we would keep trying things. And I just wrapped up some coaching sessions with somebody and we still didn't have great results. The very next thing she tried, it, she didn't change her audience. She didn't change her landing page or anything. And I'll tell you, her landing page was not converting very well. At like It was maybe getting about 10% of traffic was signing up. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, she tried a brand new audience. I think we had been focusing on like Elizabeth Gilbert and Big Magic. She just tried a new audience outside of our time together. And she was like, suddenly my page is converting at 30%. Wow. And that means her signups are way cheaper. And she checked in recently. She's like, it's still going. What do I do? And I'm like, don't turn it off. (laughs) Let your winning ads win. That's one of my other big bits of advice is, you know, when something's going well, don't try to improve it because you will almost certainly mess things up. That's how Facebook, unfortunately, that's how Facebook works. Like you touch things inside a campaign that's already running and then things in the back end have to happen. Just don't do it. Let your winning ads win. So yeah, it certainly is an experiment. And that's not the impression that we get from the big gurus who are talking about Facebook ads or who are talking about X investment got them $900,000 in a year. Like it's just, some people get lucky. I got really lucky in the beginning of my business with my own Facebook ads. And even I have a hard time getting my cost per lead down. But then I, I land on something that works and then I just keep putting money behind it until it stops working. And invariably it does stop working. Claire, thank you so much. This has just been full of information. I'm sure people are taking loads of notes. So can you tell us where people can find you if they want to get in touch or work with you or learn more? Yeah, sure. Um, So I'm over at clairepels.com, C-L-A-I-R-E-P-E-L-L-S.com. And one of the best things that I can offer in terms of just getting started is it's just a guide to list building with Facebook ads. It's step-by-step instructions that will definitely take away the headaches of putting the ads together. I mean, then you'll have to, to work on all the testing and experimenting, but you can find that at clairepelscom slash guide. Awesome. Thank you so much, Claire. This has been great. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much, Amanda. Thanks so much for listening to this Facebook ads class by Claire Pelletro. I hope you found it super valuable and took lots of notes. I know I did. 
You can get all the show notes of everything we talked about in the show notes themselves, obviously, which are available on your phone. If you just tap on the picture of the podcast, then you should be taken to the show notes. And there you can link out to everything that we talked about, including the Wellpreneur Wellness Marketing Mastermind Facebook group, which if you're not in it already, why aren't you in it? This is like awesome. So you don't have to be alone listening to the podcast. You can connect with the community and get your questions answered and get feedback and support and discuss the episodes. And it is just totally awesome. So come over and hang out with us there. So I'll see you back here next week when I'm actually going to be recording more live, like in tune, in sync with when this episode's going live. And I'll give you an update on how things are going in Hong Kong too. So I'll see you next week. Bye.